0: One of the top advisors to Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum says we shouldn't worry about divine commandments. USA Today names a male in their 2022 Women of the Year list. And a male identifying as a female won an NCAA Women's Swimming Championship, crushing the female competition. We'll talk about this and more as we dedicate today's entire show to answering your questions pertaining to Bible prophecy Do you have a question or comment? Join us by calling 877-363-8463. We're going to discuss the two things you're not supposed to talk about, politics and religion. Welcome to End of the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We have open lines at 877-363-8463. That's 877-END-TIME. We're so delighted that you have joined us today. Today is open line again. I know we've been telling you all week that Devorah would be with us today. However, uh, that kind of fell through last night. She will be with us next week on Tuesday. So, uh, if you came here to watch that show specifically come back on Tuesday. We hope you can uh, be here for that. We'll be talking about um, the Jewish agency and our relationship with them and reminiscing a bit about Irvin and his connection over there to uh, the Jewish agency and Dvorah specifically. So um, we really look forward to having her in studio. Uh, Actually, it'll be with Dave and Jana on Tuesday. So uh, make plans to check that out. So today is going to be open line again, two in one week. Now, Doug, I'm pretty sure we've never done two open lines in one week. We're the first to get to do that.
1: Boy, how exciting. (laughs) So hopefully
0: we can keep you reeled in.
1: Yeah, I'll try to stay reeled in today. I'm a little fired up.
0: Well, we have a couple of stories to share, but we do want to uh, make sure we get to all the calls today. Um, So we want to get right into a few of the stories. Doug, how do you want to start it? Scripture, Scripture? Go right into the video clip. What do you want to do?
1: Let's do the scripture because I want everybody to understand where we are. And I feel like this scripture from Romans really kind of sets the pace there.
0: Perfect. Romans chapter 1, we'll start with verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Did we have to pick the most politically incorrect scripture in there? (laughs) Well, we did because it goes
1: really well with this first video that we're going to show. Because this gentleman, everybody will recognize him. We've played videos of him before talking about transhumanism and how they want to connect us to the Internet of Bodies and change our thought process, even be able to um, monitor our thought process. And where he talked about, um, you know, our free will, he says, this is over. That's over, having free will. So they're talking about the future and what they want to do. But in this particular clip that we have, uh, he talks about what is right and what is wrong and how it compares to what Bible believers think as to how they want to move our thinking into the future
0: it's a pretty interesting video if you're on Facebook take the time to share the video hit the heart icon it helps break through the algorithm a little bit Facebook doesn't like us a lot and they sure won't like what we're talking about today so the more you share the more it'll get out hopefully uh, if you can do your part that would help out a lot if you're on YouTube share the link with a friend if you're listening on radio you can tell your friends to join in as well Thank you so much. Doug, are we ready to go to the video?
1: Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go.
2: What is good and what is evil? What is a pious action and what is a sin? So in previous eras, again, you went to God or you went to the Pope or you went to the Bible. Let's say uh, with the case of homosexuality. So in the Middle Ages, the Catholic Church came and said homosexuality is a sin. Why? Because God said so because the Bible said so, because the Pope said so. And this was the source of ethical authority. Nobody cared much what people actually felt about it. Now in the era of humanist ethics, uh, the saying is we don't care very much what God says or what the Bible says or what the Pope says. We want to know how people actually feel. Uh, If two men are in love and they both feel very happy with that, and they don't harm anybody, so what could possibly be wrong with it? It's very simple. Uh, The highest authority in the field of ethics is the authority of human feelings. If humans feel good about something, and nobody feels bad about it, then it's good. Of course, there are some difficult questions also in humanist ethics. What happens If I feel good about something, let's say an extramarital affair, but my husband feels very bad about it. So, whose feelings count for more? Then you have a dilemma, an ethical dilemma. You have a discussion. But the key point is that the discussion will be conducted in terms of human feelings, not in terms of divine commandments. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, sounds a lot like Romans chapter one, doesn't it? It's, yeah, Yeah. that's pretty gross. Thinking themselves to be wise, they became foolish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this gentleman says that we don't need that divine commandment to guide us. We just go on human feeling. Well, why do we care what that guy has to say? Just some random guy. Yeah, well, that random guy is the advisor to Klaus Schwab, who is the head of the uh, World Economic Forum, who... Uh, is in charge of trying to push the Great Reset, who wants to change our thinking, Vince, into believing that we can be whatever we want to be. Well, he he also is a now,
0: speaker at the World Economic Forum. Absolutely he is. And who is some of the audience at the World Economic Forum?
1: A lot of political leaders, some uh, Hollywood. President Joe Biden, mm-hmm. How-
0: Justin Trudeau, mm-hmm. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, who many people probably who watch this show sit down and watch movies of this guy or, or let their kids do it or whatever. Yeah. So he's not just some random guy. He's somebody that's influencing world leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Putting this information out. So, wow, uh, it's 2022. It's hard to believe we've ever arrived to this type of thinking being prominent among world leaders, but yeah. we have. We'll talk a little bit more about that, and then we'll be getting right to your calls or your comments in the chat on Facebook. So, Uh, You can join us at 877-363-8463. Right now, there are tens of thousands of Jewish immigrants stranded in Ukraine as Russia invades city after city with no regard for human life. 3,000 Jews are ready to return to Israel today. The need for evacuation, shelter, flights, and emergency housing nearly 10 million dollars the jews in ukraine need your help if half of you gave just $250 toward this need it would be met in full today please consider giving to help jews safely escape ukraine to give or learn more go to intime.com/ukraine or call 800-intime that's slash ukraine or
3: 800 Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with a magazine, then went on radio and TV, It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
0: Welcome back to End of the Age. We have open lines at 877-END-TIME. That's 877-363-8463. We'll be going straight to the phones. Before we do, I want to remind you that Dave and Jana Robbins and Judy Baxter will be in Plymouth, Michigan tomorrow and Sunday morning. Uh, If you're in the Detroit area, make plans to come out. Dave's going to be teaching on The Future on Saturday night. And then he'll be uh, teaching on breaking prophecy news Sunday morning. And there'll be a Q&A session that follows uh, that session. So if you are in the area, please come out. We would love to meet you and uh, have a conversation with you. Like, like I've said many times, we don't come in the back door with five minutes before the conference starts. We come and we talk to everybody. We mingle and we're certainly available to you. And to chat with you. And, um, you know, we take even Antichrist nominations, Doug. You've you've received quite a few yourself. So uh, we would love to have you come out and join us at the conference. You can learn more about it at endtime.com slash events. Or if you'd like to talk to someone on the phone about it, 800-END-TIME uh, is the number to call. 800-363-8463. All right. We will go to Trey in Texas. Trey, welcome to End of the Age. Yes. Hello. Hi, Trey. Hello? Trey, can you hear us?
4: Uh, barely, yes. Uh, can you hear me now?
0: We can hear you loud and clear. You're on the air.
4: Okay. Yes, at the risk of sounding to be a homophobe, a racist, and an overall bigot, I was going to say, you know, this is sad to see all this glorification of transgenderism and homosexuality, lesbianism, and all the ABC 123 of LBGQ3 or whatever it is. Because the basic thing is this, a biological fact... No offspring can be reproduced without the union of a sperm and an egg. And I know that's upsetting to a lot of people, but it's just the way it is in human, in, in human uh, life and animal life and plant life. And I think that's why we're seeing such a decline in the world population with all this glorification of all this alternate sex stuff. And I, I just, you know, I just think it's sad and tragic to see it. And it's sad to see all these kids be brainwashed thinking that's the right way. And they, you know, when you ask somebody, "Well, how did you get here?" Well, it was your mother and your father, not your father and your father, or your mother and your mother. And that, that's my comment.
0: Trey, apparently, no one has told you that men can have babies too, and we call them birthing persons now. <laughs> well,
4: that's news to me. I've never heard anything like that. <laughs> well, by the way, a man, a man cannot uh, uh, conceive a child. They have to have an egg, and also they can't, they can't. Uh, give birth to a child because they got to have a uterus plus a birth canal. So that's just, to me, smacks in the face of, of human reproduction. What well, human they say they
0: say men can have uteruses. They're just women who identify as that's men. That's
4: how crazy <laughs> the world's gotten. It's really crazy. Well, I, I guess I was taught something differently in school.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's pretty obvious that that is not the case. But, of course, um, for some reason, our mainstream media and even... There are Christian folks who are not opposing this. It's unbelievable. Yeah.
4: Yes, I know. It's sad. seeing a lot of these younger people. And you know, uh, they, the they bottom line. Somehow we're being mean and cruel uh-huh. if we don't go along with the gay and transgender movement. And I just tell them, well, you know, you got here because of your mother and father, not because the two men or two women. And uh-huh. they still give me, a, you know, a real <laughs> mean look and everything. But you know, the truth is the truth. You know.
1: Yeah. That 's right Trey, and the bottom line to it all is that we 're getting away from the Bible, and that 's what they 're promoting in that video we just watched that 's what this guy's promoting and uh, that 's what the world is kind of promoting that remember when President Obama made the proclamation that the United States is not a Christian nation uh, this this country was built on Christian morals and built on the Bible. But yet we had a president, uh, you know, a few years ago say we're no longer a Christian nation. And it's like the media and everyone else has taken that ball and begun to run with it. And they're trying to prove to the world that we're not a Christian nation anymore, which uh, is very sad. You know, um, you think about when, when I was a kid, Vince, we started our school day off with prayer and devotion and the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. Once prayer came out of school, that's where I believe that the enemy got in. When we took God out of school, that's where the enemy came right in through an open door that everybody gave them to start uh, putting these things into place where these kids now are at the mercy of what their teachers believe. Well, Doug, don't well, I, I to make start. my
4: other point, too. I think it's sad to see a lot of these, quote, Christian leaders that don't want to stand up. They want to get along and not, not uh, create waves, so to speak, and let all this. Wild stuff go about. It's just mind blowing. I think it's time for Christians, whether it be Catholic or Protestant, to stand up and say this is wrong.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for your call, Trey. We appreciate your perspective very much. Doug, don't get me started on it. You know, you know where I go with this. Yeah. I know. I don't. I don't like what's happening in the schools, but I go. I think it's one step back, but maybe it's not. But the homes. Yeah. You know, it's not too late to turn this thing around. But it's not going to happen if parents don't step up and start leading their homes properly. Yeah. And I think it starts with the men of the homes, which I know is not a popular opinion today. But as a man, I need to lead my home properly, which I believe is according to God's word, the Bible. And so I am doing my best to do that. And, And as a result, I can guarantee that my children are not going to be deceived about these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and so men, come on now, get, get, get it with the program. Don't make yeah. your wife drag you out of bed on Sunday morning and take you to church. Yeah. It's time for you to step up and get your family to church. Um, listen to preaching. Don't play th- those movies in your home. Don't play those TV shows in your home. Don't listen to that music, whatever it may be. Men, you've got to step it up. Yeah. Whether you're a Christian or not, even like, You would think that Christian men would have this thing together, at least be working towards it. But we just got so lazy that we want everything handed to us and and men have
1: lost their way. And, you know, Vince, it's like anything else, too. I mean, when they say things enough, when you're told a lie enough times, then you begin to believe that lie. Even... If you're a manly man, when you're told that having testosterone makes you evil in some kind of way because you're aggressive and you're this and you're that. And that's what they're trying to do is to, to, to make the male species more like the female species. Mm-hmm. Regardless of if, if they turn them into a female, they just want them to be female down. They mm-hmm. don't want that strong male role Duh. model. Come on, I know, that was they don't, very... Female I'm, down, that is such a trigger you. word. I know. I'm, yeah, I tell you, <laughs> hey, this got me fired up. The today. world may
0: be mad to know, but I yeah. take my sons out and we get them dirty in the backyard. Yeah,
1: that's the way it should be.
0: You know, they go out there and they get dirty and we ride the tractor, mm-hmm. their little toy tractor and... and
1: Play you know, with toy guns. My,
0: and... my four-year-old son has said <laughs> things like, why don't I wear a skirt like mama? Yeah, And I tell him, boys don't wear skirts. Yeah, I don't care if they are a... NBA star or a right. movie star or whatever they may be. Yeah. Boys don't wear skirts. Stegall boys don't wear skirts. <laughs> right. And right. Uh, so yeah, we yeah. better we better move yeah, on. We better. Oh, we've <laughs> got a lot of callers here. Let's try to get to them. We'll go to um, Amay in Washington. Amay, welcome to Into the Age. Amay, are Hi you there. there? Can
5: you hear me all right?
0: We can. Welcome to the show.
5: Hey, um... I, 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 my, my question is on the pre trib rapture, but I just have to make a quick point about this, um, cause this is, you played that clip. Um, I had started, um, studying with, uh, you guys on, on the radio, listening to your program, and then I got the, um, into the age plus so that I could study more, and I was led to a church. That's near me. I started going, and the first thing um, the pastor's wife said would "Her, we're starting this Bible study on Revelation." I went, "Whoa, okay, this is awesome." Started attending that, and one of the first things that they had brought up was the the, the pre-trib and the. So that's. The, I'll get to that question in just a second. But every morning I have um, podcasts that I've been listening to since the corona. Virus had started, and um, this morning is crazy. It just it, it, when you played that clip, I started crying because God is so good. He just he has a way of putting things in front of your face that you need if you're looking for it. And um, I listened to a gentleman named um, uh, Clay Clay Clark, and he uh, oftentimes has a pastor, um, and his name is Phil Cotton Spiller. On there to comment on things that he's talking about, and um, this particular podcast was the twelve characteristics of the Antichrist. Since I've been studying on all this stuff, wanted to listen to it. Well, their main subject on this is about this guy I had never heard of him before, ever, and his the the clip you played, the Yuval uh, Yuval Noah Harari. Um, and funny thing is Yuva his name means descendant of Cain and Harari means mountain i found that really interesting but um they speak about him and um I, I, I can give you the link so you can listen to it, or if anybody's interested, I can leave the link with your.
0: Um, yeah, we, when we when we put you on hold, you can you can give uh, Sherry or Brittany the the link. Yeah. Or your so, are... so
5: you played that, and I just I, I started crying because I thought, well, my goodness, that's just too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence. But so my my question is about the, the pre trip. Now, when I started studying with you guys, you um, you talk about it and gives a lot of places in the Bible where it points to um, we don't have a pre-tribulation rapture, that the rapture happens after the tribulation In the church that I started going to, they believe in the pre-trib. But when I've tried to pin down exactly why, and through this study anywhere where they can, they can point to where it says that the pre-trib that's pre-trib, I get, Answers like, um, well, it's just been something that that scholars have all agreed on for for years and years and years, and and that's the end of the discussion. I don't get any any hard proof, and then the thing that we in the Bible study, I, I said I didn't come here to to um, cause dissension. I that's not what I came here for. I, I don't want arguing, and, and you guys even say it shouldn't be a point of argument, but. It's been so heavy on my heart because I really feel human nature says that if you believe in something, you get complacent to other things. So I feel like if they're believing that they're going to just be taken, they don't have to worry about any of this stuff, it makes a person complacent as to how they should be preaching to other non believers to so, try to lead them. Amay, I, am I, am I, how, how can we help you today? <sighs> Could you tell me in the Bible where it talks about the uh, why they believe in this pre-trib, please?
6: Hmm.
5: Well, there's
1: there's a couple of different things that people look at uh, that they believe that it's a pre-trib because of that. And one of the things is in Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, where it says uh, that we're not appointed to wrath. Um, and so they believe that uh, the tribulation is the wrath of God and that that's why we won't be here. But Revelation uh, chapter 12 tells us that the tribulation is actually the wrath of Satan. When the war in heaven takes place uh, and Satan is cast out of heaven for the final time and bound to the earth, it says that woe to the inhabitants of the earth for... Uh, the dragon comes down to you filled with great wrath because he knows his time is short. And then a couple of verses later in uh, 12, 14, it tells us that his, uh, he goes after Israel for a time, times, and a half a time. So that lets us know that the tribulation period that we know is for a time, times, and a half a time is actually the wrath of Satan. It's not the wrath of God. We are taken out of here before the full wrath of God is poured out. And um, we believe that uh, that's where they get one of those theories from. Another one is in Revelation chapter uh, 3. And I think it's uh, verse 10. I can't remember exactly right offhand. But the thing about Revelation chapter uh, 2 and 3 is those chapters are actually for uh, the churches that existed at the time of Revelation. John writing these letters and receiving this revelation. And so those things where it talks about in uh, in chapter 3 of Revelation actually pertain to those seven churches that were in Asia at the time because Revelation chapter 4 starts off with, Come up here and I shall show you the things which must take place hereafter. So from Revelation 4 to 22 is all the, the, prophes, uh, the prophesied word there and telling us about what's going to happen in the end times. So uh, those scriptures are not uh, relevant to uh, the actual rapture. One of the things that you can help somebody see is if you look in Revelation chapter 20, verses 4 through 6, it tells you there about the first resurrection And the first resurrection is going to include people who refused the mark of the beast and were killed because they refused it. So that means that we're here during the time that the mark of the beast is given out. And that's the great tribulation. So uh, it it tells you that. And then I'll just read it real quick. It says, "...and I saw the thrones, and they that sat upon them in judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for their witness of Jesus." And for the word of God, Mm -hmm. and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had they received the mark upon their hands or their foreheads, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection, speaking of the resurrection of those who had not taken the mark. This is how we know. Blessed and holy are those who have part of the first resurrection, for the second death have no power but will reign with Christ for 1,000 years.
0: May, please stay on hold. Uh, we'll get your email address, and we'll sign you up for some free access to End of the Age Plus and get you the uh, When Will the Rapture Happen lesson on there. Has some Q&A at the end that I think will be very helpful. Stay tuned. We'll be getting to more of your questions immediately after the break.
6: Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. or go to endtime.com.
1: If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to
7: continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button.
0: Welcome back to End of the Age. Vince DeGall here with Doug Norvell we are taking your calls today. The number to join us is 877-363-8463. If you're unable to get through, keep trying. A line will open up eventually. I know that sometimes folks call and it rings off the hook because we don't have any more lines available. And that's going to be the case, I think, right now for a few more uh, seconds, perhaps. But let's get right to the next call. Sophia in California, welcome to End of the Age. Hello? Hi, you're on the air. Welcome.
7: Hi, God bless you, my brothers. To both of you,
0: thank you. God bless you. Um,
7: um. So I just have a question. Um, in Matthew chapter 24, you know how it talks about you know the great tribulation, and I mean it talks about the coming of the Lord and and the end of uh, the end of the age. So uh, that's I became I used to be pre-trib, and and the Lord Almighty spoke to me. You know, He spoke to me Himself. And he took me on the on the journey to to you know into post tribulation. So he showed me himself about that. Praise God because that prepares me for the truth, right? Right. But I just have a question in uh, Revelation uh, Revelation chapter two verse. It's like 22, 23 around there. I think twenty three. It talks about you know he's referring to the to the Jezebel and the church, and he says that he will throw her into great tribulation. Is that just like... Is he just using that like... Is that like, of course, a separate event? Like, is he, you know what I mean? Because it talks, it talks about great tribulation in Matthew 24, and then it talks about... And then it uses the word great tribulation in, in Revelation uh, chapter 2, and I can't remember what verse exactly, but are those two separate events?
1: Yes, they are. So, before... If you heard what I said about the letters to the churches, uh, Uh the way the book of Revelation is written, it's written that that John was to write the things that he has seen, the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. Uh, When we're dealing with the letters to the churches, those are the things that are. And this was a warning to that church that that spirit of Jezebel was over this church and that if they did not uh, get that to a repentance uh, situation where they were repenting of their sins, uh, that that was what could happen to them is they could go into this great tribulation because of that. So that that's not referring to the great tribulation that we talk about in the end time there where it talks about that because this is just like a warning that they could suffer through tribulation because of that. That's what these letters are. They're kind of like uh, letters to issue to the churches to let them know these are the things that I see that you're doing wrong, and this is how you're going to fix that. And and mm. so uh, that great tribulation, when it talks about it in Matthew 24, when he talks about that, that that's the tribulation that we're looking for in the end time.
7: Okay, so they are two separate events. He's just using it that way to let you know. Yeah, like just to let that. It's like a warning. Talking.
1: Yes, it's it's yeah, like you know telling like your, like your like child. A consequence. Yeah.
7: Like, in other words, like a consequence for their, their behavior for that's, allowing that spirit that's into exactly the church, right. right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you so much. It was, you know, uh, God bless you guys and, you know, and and thank you.
1: All right, thank you. Thanks. Mm-hmm.
7: Bye-bye.
0: Thanks, Sophia. God bless you. All right, let's go to Marcelo in California. Marcelo, welcome to the age.
8: Hello, can you hear me?
0: We can, you're on the air. Welcome.
8: Great, uh, great. Uh, yeah, I was... Uh, Considering what you guys talk about about uh, conspiracy theories, um, compared to the Great Reset, and what Klaus Schwab has said, according to like you know all the whole thing that's going on right now, um, I was thinking. Actually, looked last night at the definition of rumors, and it's and it's something that's not necessarily true, but it's something that's circulating. And so when it talks about rumors of wars, um, I was thinking that that could possibly be going on right now because, um, and, I, and I'm not going to get into all the, the conspiracy theory stuff, but according to, like, uh, the Great Reset and all that stuff that's going on, um, I would think that the rumors of wars um, is very possible now. And I just wanted to know what you guys thought about
1: that. Well, I totally agree with you. I mean that's exactly what we're hearing right now uh and and I believe that's where we are right now, prophetically is right in the middle of that olive discourse that Jesus told us about in matthew twenty four because that's all we've been hearing for the last three weeks is this is World War three and that uh russia's gonna You know, they're going to launch nukes, and now we've got this threat of China. I don't know if you joined us yesterday for the program, but uh, we've sent 2,200 troops into Australia, the northern tip of Australia. And so we've got these mass troop buildups right now because of threat of war. So that's, to me, I agree with you 100%, rumors of war, and they're trying to push that to uh, get to the agenda of the Great Reset, I believe. I, I really think that that's part of the plan now is we, we've we seen the other part of the plan, which uh, I believe uh, they they tried to force everybody into their homes and, and get us to uh, get to the point to where our economies were completely broken down so that they could do the Great Reset. Now that's not happening the way that it was. It It almost appears when you look at things like the other day, when – Congress is watching the video of the President Zelensky from the Ukraine. Those people are setting elbow to elbow, no mask, nothing. It looks like maybe that whole plan or pandemic is over with. So, uh, you know, it looks like now the way that they're going to push this uh, great reset is they're going to try to push it through war. So I agree with you 100 percent on that, Marshall. I think that that's probably where we're headed. Yeah. Uh, and also one
8: more point to add. Yesterday when I was listening to the show, you guys had also mentioned that uh, Russia was was a part of the beast. And according to Klaus Schwab, he actually said that. So that's kind of another point that it's like it's almost like everything's um, going according to uh, Bible prophecy. Yeah, praise Jesus. And I just want to say you guys are great, love events, and uh, uh, hope you guys have the... the, 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 the here- child comes uh, um, healthy and everything and love you love you guys love the show and have a great day. God
0: bless. Thank, Thank you so you. much. You know you said an interesting thing there it's almost it's like everything the prophecies are saying are coming true. Mm-hmm. That's how it's going to be. Yeah exactly. What the Bible says is what's
1: going to be true. Yeah so and that stick you know, to the Bible. Kind of uh, just addressing that for a second because he mentioned conspiracy theories along with prophecy. Uh, The reason why folks that we stick to the word of God is because we want to build your faith and we want you to understand that the things that we tell you are biblical. We're teaching you the truth of the word of God. That's why you don't hear us get on here. Now we may tell you we understand what you're saying. We've heard these rumors. We've heard these conspiracies. But this is why we stick to the word is because we want to build your faith and we want to build it on the truth of the word of God. And so we that's why we don't get on here and talk about a bunch of conspiracy things, because if something doesn't come to pass, it ruins our, uh, you know, our legitimacy on what we're trying to teach you and show you in Bible prophecy. So we want to stick to what we know is true. And sometimes we
0: teach things that some people say are conspiracy
1: theories. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know,
0: when when the first in time resource came out, Yeah. Irvin Baxter wrote a message for the president, (coughs) excuse me, 1986. Yeah. In that book, he said the Berlin Wall in Germany was going to come down. Yeah. That would be like saying the China Wall is going to come down. (laughs) Back then, everyone said, no way. That's never, that's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. But he said, I don't see how the new world order can be established without that happening. And I believe the Bible says it's going to. Yeah. And his friend said, don't put it in there. And he did it anyway. Yeah. Because he was so confident that that's what the Bible was saying. Um, It doesn't specifically say in the Bible that the Berlin Wall is going to come down. But what it it does talk about as far as a new world order and Germany's prominence in that, it had to come down. Yeah. And so when it did come down three years later, everyone wanted to know, how did you actually know that that was true? And it gave us an opportunity to yeah. teach people the Bible a little bit more. Absolutely. Stick to the Bible. That's right. It will always work out. Yeah. All right, let's go to Diane in Oregon. Diane, welcome to End of the Age. Hello. Hi.
9: Yeah, I am dealing with the LGBTQ lifestyle in my family. My granddaughter is saying that her lifestyle and my son was wanting me to be happy for her, and I'm not sure how I should deal with this.
0: Well, you've called the right place. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, life is tricky, Diane, as you know well. You have um, children and grandchildren, and you know they often do things that, as parents, we don't agree with or... You know how that goes very, very well. Um, You know, from a Christian perspective, you know, we don't like it when people are living in sin. And to live in that lifestyle, as unpopular as it may be, is living in sin. And so, what do we do when someone lives in sin? We keep loving them, we don't say, Congratulations, you just committed adultery. We're not happy for their sin, but we love them through the process. And we extend grace and just keep on loving them. Now, you know, that doesn't mean that you're stupid about it. You know, if somebody has a stealing problem, I don't leave them at my house while I go on vacation because I'm probably going to come back to an empty house. So I'm wise about it, and I love them through the process, but I just can't be happy for them. You know, I'm, I'm not happy that you're living... Uh, a lifestyle that is not how God designed this world to operate, and so I don't know exactly what to tell you in regards to navigating your relationship with your son and your granddaughter, outside of just saying keep loving them, keep trying to. How do
5: how do I
9: do this if that you know like her birthday is is coming up next week and they're having a party tomorrow. And I'm supposed to go and celebrate her life and her relationship with another girl.
0: Well, if it her. were me, I can only answer this. What would I do if I were in your shoes? I'm going to her birthday party to celebrate her birthday. I'm not going there to celebrate the fact that she's in a homosexual relationship. I'm not going to like being around that very much. It's going to be hard. It's it's a really hard thing. But, you know, if you shut yourself out of their life altogether, you're not able to be light in that darkness. And so go there, get her a birthday gift. You probably have a, a set amount that you do for your grandkids. Do that same amount. Tell her you love her, hug her, give her a kiss on the cheek, whatever you do with your grandkids. And just keep loving her. But don't, don't feel obligated to um, celebrate the lifestyle that she's living Don't don't give a drunk a drink. Right. Doug, you better talk about you've got a lot more wisdom than me. I'm a young (laughs) whippersnapper. Well,
1: I mean, I agree with you 100 percent. We've got to love them. We've got to love on them and let them know how much we care about them, because if they know that we love them enough to uh, to be there and support them in those times, then they're going to come to you when they have questions that they can't answer and you're going to have the answers for them. Um, they, they know your stance I assume and if they don't then you just need to let them know you know I, I don't agree with your lifestyle but I love you very much and I want you to be saved and so you just love on people I've got relatives who uh, you know have drinking problems uh, who are, are living uh, with someone out of marriage I still go around them I still love on them I still let them know how much I care about them and when they need something In prayer, or they need something, some kind of guidance, they come to me and I'm able to share light. Diane, um, let Brittany take
0: your information down so we can add you to our prayer list. We pray together every morning. We'd love to pray with you about the situation. We'll be right back after the break.
10: I've been part of the end time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room.
0: Welcome back to End of the Age. We have one open line at 877-363-8463. We're going to do our best to get to all the calls uh, before the end of the show, but uh, that will require you all that are calling to be brief with your question or comment, and then we'll have to be as brief as we possibly can as well. We did want to talk a little bit more about Diane's call before we went back to the calls, Doug. You know that's a tough situation. I know that we have very uh, we have people that that watch our show that have very strong opinions mm-hmm. about it in both directions. So we thought we should talk about it a little bit more, and I don't know, maybe dig the hole a little deeper.
1: Well, I mean, you know, my view on it, Vince, is is Jesus went to these people. He he said that he he didn't come for the people that were well. He came for the people that needed healing. He came to the people that were sick, and he would share company with people who were sinners. That's why the Pharisees, you know, they they were against everything Jesus was doing because he kept company with tax collector tax collectors and sinners. But when Jesus was around somebody, their life would change. And he wouldn't tell them, you know, your sins are forgiven, just keep living the way you're doing. He's he would say go and sin no more when he would change somebody's life. Mm-hmm. But he had to be there and present the truth to somebody before he could tell them that so we we've got to have opportunity i believe where we can speak into somebody the truth and and how are we going to show jesus to people if we just totally cut them off because of their lifestyle i mean how are we going to reach a world that's hurting and lost if we're not talking to the people who are hurting and lost you know i mean we've got to we we got to get out of our comfort zone that they're not going to necessarily come into the walls of the church building. We've got to get outside the church. Uh, A couple years ago, I, I preached one night on Wednesday night. How will they know? And that was the theme of what I preached. How will they know if we don't leave this place? If the disciples stayed in the upper room, how would the gospel ever begin to be spread? And we've got to get out there and spread the word. And it's got to start with... The people that are close to us, people we love, they may be making wrong decisions, but we can still love them and show them the light so
0: yeah I, I wonder what the religious folks thought when Jesus started being around Mary
1: yeah, exactly, yeah,
0: or every single disciple, yeah, basically yeah um, you know I mean but he but what about he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah
1: yeah well and but what did he do first? He said that if he could find these ten righteous people, that wouldn't happen. So, it started a little higher than that. but <laughs> Yeah, it started a lot higher than that. But Abraham <laughs> talked him down. But but still, I mean, there there was still hope for those people because there were righteous people there. But he got the righteous people out because that was a wicked place. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, still there was light in that wicked world. He just had to get, He God knew this place is not going to change. And he gave them a chance and they didn't. And so he got the righteous ones out. And, you know, I mean, things like that, we we can sit here and talk back and forth about it all day long, but the bottom line is I I want to try to be as close to my Savior as I can be, and I want other people to know my Savior. And if I'm thinking that, you know, I'm not going to talk to this person because they're living in sin, well, then I'm not, I don't think that I'm thinking with the right heart.
0: You know, it would be a travesty if we told Diane, don't go to your granddaughter's birthday party. Yeah. Shut her out of your life entirely that way. She knows where you stand. Yeah. You know, she knows you're a Christian and you shut her out entirely and
1: that's going to make her never want to be a
0: Christian. Never, ever. Yeah. She will never go to church again. Yeah. And never open her Bible again because those people are bigots and they don't care about their own, you right. know, their own children and grandchildren. So it's like I just think it would be a, I mean, I've been there where it's like there's been some wild junk going on in my family now. I don't want to get into it no, now. No, don't do it. But we've got some wild stuff that, I mean, I'm just like everybody else. You know, there's yeah. a, a saying that uh, every family has crazy, and if <laughs> right. yours doesn't have crazy, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm so thankful. You know, my grandpa, Irvin Baxter, he had a, a motto that he lived by. He said, I carry a bucket of grace around, mm. and I just... Lather it on, everybody I come in contact with, because one day I'm going to need some of that. (laughs) And I don't ever want to treat people in a way where when it's time for me, me and my need, that God says, you know, I can't do that because you weren't that way to other people, And so that's what we're just, you know, Diane, love your granddaughter. And, and, um, you know, she obviously knows where you stand. That's why they reached out to you in advance to tell you, you know, please... Uh, embrace this but um, love your granddaughter through the process and and uh, we'll be praying for her i trust that you were able to get your prayer request in and um, everyone out there listening and watching be sure to pray for diane and uh, especially this weekend as she goes as she she goes to this birthday party of her granddaughter all right doug we better keep going here Um, let's go to um, jerry in texas jerry welcome to into the age Are you still there? We're here. Welcome.
11: Okay. Uh, I usually don't ever call in uh, to any shows, period, but I was born intersex, and there's one in 2,000 that are, and I just want to that most of us do not agree with the transgenders. They made a choice. When I was born, they didn't even know if I was male or female. And uh, unfortunately, my body changed later on, and it picked one for me, and uh, unbeknownst to what I wanted. But uh, it does drive me nuts because we do look so similar. We get thrown into the same boat as a transgender, and it really irritates me because... They made a choice. I didn't. And um, and it, it really, when the changes started happening, I got two different. I'm not quite a hermaphrodite, but pretty darn close. And uh, because all my labs and everything, they run all female. You know, so you're
0: saying you don't agree with transgenderism. Correct. Of course our world is is pushing that very heavily right now, but we do appreciate your perspective, Jerry. Thank you for your call. Um another another person who does not agree with transgenderism and what the media is promoting. Let's go to Valsa in New York. Valsa, welcome to End of the Age. Valsa, are you there? All right, we've lost Valsa. Let's go to Annabelle in Missouri. Annabelle, welcome to Into the Age.
7: Thank
9: you. <clears throat> I just wanted to make a comment on uh, the lady talking about her daughter and her girlfriend. I have three situations within my family that uh, are doing this. A grandson uh, and just a little hope for this lady had this man friend and... Uh, They have now broke apart. The man has married and has a child. So there is hope in these things. And uh, then I have a niece also has married another lady, which I have known from childhood. It breaks my heart, and I pray for her all the time. And then one, uh, my granddaughter, her, her sister which is from another man, but she's also in that type of a relation with another woman and married her, so to speak. And I'm not for any of this kind of thing at all, but I just wanted to uh, comment on it and say that there was, you know, encouragement to the fact that this could happen in her family with her daughter, and I hope and pray it does. I just love them and hug them and tell them I love them any time I see them. And that's all you can do, just keep
1: right. loving them. I agree with you. And and prayer is a large part of that. You can love on them and lift them up to God. There's been a lot of people that have been uh, saved out of that lifestyle and, and come into the understanding uh, that it is against God. And they begin to have a relationship with God because there was a family member that would not let go of them, that would always encourage them, that would always pray for them, that would always let them know, you know, God loves you and, and he wants you to be with him. He wants you to go to heaven. And we've had testimony written in our magazine before of people who have come out of that sin and been able to, uh, you know, just help and encourage other people. So... <laughs> if you know anybody that is, is in that lifestyle and they're looking for a way out, there's even uh, a lot of uh, of good Christian uh, help out there where they can help rescue people out of that lifestyle that want to be helped. But I agree with you, Diane. Uh, praying with them and, and loving on them is a way that we can show them Jesus Christ through what they're going through. And these young people mm-hmm. are being inundated with this stuff in school, and and now in movies and music and everything that they are in contact with, it's it's basically being just kind of shoved down their throat right now and they're just mm-hmm. they're just having to, to deal with it and it leads them astray, unfortunately.
9: And some like my grandson come from a, a background or the family things kind of lean to encouraging these wrong lifestyles. Mm-hmm. But He's showing some different changes. I see some posts sometimes with him with the lady. So, I mean, hey, that's, that's a great encouragement to me right there. Um,
0: yes, ma'am. So
9: I keep praying, keep loving you.
0: Keep praying.
9: God bless you all.
0: Amen. God bless you.
12: Thank you.
0: All right, let's go to Lydia in California. Lydia, welcome to End of the Age.
12: Hi, how are you guys? You guys We're well. Good? How are you? Good, good, good. Yeah. So one comment is, um, and it is on the LGB, um, you know, the Bible, the thing is, is that a lot of people don't read the Bible, and I didn't know this either until I started reading the Bible, if we don't know our place, you know, and it's not a popular thing, but men are to love their, their wives, and women are to honor, and if we don't know we're are to honor, we're strong-willed people, and sometimes we take away their power. I know I've been give that myself prior. So that's the hard thing. Um, but when we read your Bible, you learn to accept that. If you accept the Lord and you want him to reign over your life, you have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, my, this was a comment or a question. So my husband and I have a debate about this all the time. Um,
0: and you're going to put us in between it?
12: <laughs> yeah. Well, no. So when somebody asks me, because I've been challenged before, um, so you're saying that God hates me because I'm gay. You're saying, I'm going to hell. And uh, my comment is always, I can tell you what the Bible says. I can't tell you anything more. But what I can say is, you know, sin is sin, regardless. It's my sin or your sin. You know, and I love you regardless. And he loves you, but, you know, I can tell you what the Bible says. Right. But is that just comforting and not really saying anything? And then I just say, I'll pray for him. I don't I don't know.
1: Well, the thing is, is that we, we aren't ever saying that God hates anybody because, I mean, Jesus died for the sins of every person. And our sins up there, just as much as somebody who's living in a homosexual lifestyle, the thing is, is that we always want to point him back to that. That's the whole reason why Jesus came and died on the cross was because we couldn't do anything ourselves to save ourselves except accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and let his blood cleanse those sins away. And so when whenever somebody makes a statement like that to me, I always tell them, no, God doesn't hate you. God might, might hate the sin that you're involved in, but he doesn't hate you. He came and died for your sins. And, uh, you know... Every time that I talk to somebody about that, I make sure that they understand that I know that I'm a sinner too and I had to have that same grace in my life to be saved.
0: All right, Doug. Well, we stirred up a whole lot today. We didn't know we were going to get into some of this stuff, but we sure did. Uh, We will be back on Monday at 3 p.m. In the meantime, go to endtime.com and watch.endtime.com to access thousands of hours of content available for totally free. See
6: you Monday.